0: Well, glad you are here today. Uh, Very special day today at Open Life. We called it Educator Sunday. Um, We wanted to take uh, an idea that we've had for a few years and make it a reality this year and build some momentum even towards next year and uh, celebrate those that are investing into the next generation. And uh, where it came from, ultimately... uh, I think there's some people of influence that are investing into our kids every year and making a huge impact. And, and I know it can be stressful, and I know it can uh, carry a weight. And uh, we love serving the, the strategic partners we have as schools in the local districts. And I just thought, man, what a great idea if we just take a moment... To honor and build up those that are in education. I mean, teachers, coaches, staff. So, um, if that's you, if you would allow us to honor you today, I know it's church. It's about Jesus. We made that clear. You would think it's about the Seahawks today, and you know, looking around us, it kind of is that too. And uh, uh, but I just uh, I want you to stand if you work in a school, if you're a teacher. Uh, stand and stay standing for a second because we want to applaud you today for <laughs> investing into kids. Now remain standing so that we can just make you feel as awkward as humanly possible. No, I'm, that's not why you're standing. Uh, I just, I do, I want to say thank you to each of you for the, the impact that you're making in kids in our local area. And you might think, well, man, I'm just working in the lunch line. Or, man, I'm just, uh, you know, scheduling people in an administrative office. There's no just in the education system. I so happen to be blessed to be married to a teacher, Dana right here, and the, 12, the 12th fan right in the front. And uh, it's a calling, I, I got to tell you it's it's not a like it's not like we said, you know what what industry could you get into that would bring the highest secondary income into our home? Well, education obviously it pays bank in the state of Washington. no, it was more like it, here's this urge and this longing and calling to invest into kids and uh, And so I know she's not alone in that heart and that passion and the investment you make into young people is amazing. And we applaud you and uh, your visionaries and your leaders don't ever think that you're not. And we just want to take the opportunity to speak that life into you. And most of all, Can we pray for you today? And we're not going to do it in a weird way. There's no chair you have to sit in, and we're not going to surround you. We're just going to simply pray for you right where you're at. Can we do that for a moment? God, I thank you for those that have chosen to invest themselves as an employee of any of the school districts around here. And We pray that, God, they would see that their investment and the time they spend with these kids, which is a huge amount of time, of their year, I pray that God, you will breathe just encouragement into them. That you'll give them the endurance and the patience they need. I know it's dangerous, dangerous to pray for patience, but we pray for it today. And I pray that God, you would uh, give them the 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 health they need for this year. You would give them the vision they need to to step out maybe of a a comfort zone and do what they sense you're leading them to do with their classes or with their environment that they oversee. We pray for our elementary schools and our middle schools and our high schools and our colleges, universities around us and pray that God you would raise up young men and women that would glorify you, be encouraged by people who love you God, introduce yourself to, uh, to each individual here and make yourself known through them. May they love students as your hands extend it. And uh, God, we just thank you for their effort, for their willingness to serve young people. In Jesus' name, amen. Could you once again encourage them as they have a seat? And sometimes you're going to have one of those days, and we're going to talk a little bit about this, and, and you're in every thought, you're in every point of our talk today as we conclude a, a three-week series, but it's crafted for you today. Um, so when you have one of those days and you need to pick me up, we've got a little something in this bag that you need to grab on your way out today. It'll be at the Connect table there. Just reach in and grab one, and uh, uh, you'll need it. I'm, I, I it'll happen, and if you don't drink caffeine like my wife, then get a Frappuccino with no caffeine in it and enjoy the sugar relief, right? Just do it. Get the biggest one. That's um, what you got to do. Uh, wow. Well, hey, we are um, going to talk from a section of the Bible in, in Romans 8. It's this guy named Paul who is, uh, was a persecutor of the church and he had a radical encounter with Jesus after Jesus had rose from the dead and transformed his life and his direction and his passion which was to persecute the church it became more of a an individual that could actually uh, make Jesus known and from his angle of in relationship with Jesus he communicates to a couple different crowds really really well He communicates to those who had grown up in a lineage of of following Jesus, uh, the chosen people, the Israelites that you could read about in the Old Testament. And he also speaks to those that are new on the scene of faith in Jesus called Gentiles in the Bible. They were those that were not in the the Israelite lineage. And so he, he brings these two crowds and he tries to help them understand God's love for them so that they could, one remain in God's love, and two, maybe choose to embrace that love for them. And uh, so we find ourselves here in a, a portion of Romans that talks about just the consistency and persistency and nothing can separate us from his love. In fact, that's our big idea today. Nothing can separate us from God's love. And we've been talking about how the Spirit is our advocate, how God gave us His Holy Spirit to, to be within us when we choose to follow Jesus and live a life that is like supported from the inside out almost. And we're going to take that just, we're going to unpack that to the fullness in conclusion today and we're going to start in verse 31 of Romans 8. So reading from this book that Paul wrote, it says, What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for his own? No one. For God himself has given us right standing with himself. Who then will condemn us? No one. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us. And he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. Pleading for you. Pleading for me. That's what God's doing right now. Like Jesus is pleading for us. What an image, it brings our, third, our first thought today is no one can condemn us. And, and right, this is, this is coming from the guy who was condemning people. Isn't that interesting? He was persecuting Christians, killing them. The guy who was in charge of that is now saying, don't worry, no one can do that. That's intense when you consider it because Jesus' work on the cross was justified And it's a way God, it's a way we are justified, and it's a way God reaches through and just says, no, not even death can separate you from my love. Wow. No one can condemn us. There's no way they can separate us from his love. God's for us when we put our faith in Jesus, and we cannot be condemned. God has justified us through faith in Jesus alone. So I don't know, maybe you're sitting there and and you're, in your employment, think of those whom you 've worked for, and maybe at one point in time you 've had just a great boss, like you felt empowered, you didn 't feel micromanaged or that there 's always a thumb you know, somebody 's always on you you didn 't ever feel condemned by that boss but it 's inter- interesting to consider when we look at like our relationship with God. And and I was thinking of a story. I was a youth pastor in a church, and and I had a student leader uh, that was uh, just doing some things that were inconsistent with expectations for his role. And I asked him to step down from his involvement as a volunteer. Well, at the end of the service that night, I was approached by his family, which had been at the church considerably longer than I had as the youth pastor. They approached me and told me that I did not have the authority to ask their child to no longer be a volunteer and because I had been there less time than them and that this was not allowed. And I, it was awesome. It was one of those church moments that maybe you've heard about before, right? Like, that, see, that's the church I knew of. You know, it's like, it was just interestingly awkward to be the guy in that story. And I'm thinking... This is weird, right? This, and I just said, Well, I do, like, that's exactly th- what I'm here to do and be in charge of. I, I can, like, ask a volunteer not to serve in that role anymore, I think. Like, I'm not even firing them from a job or nothing, you know? I'm telling them to take a break. You know, it was just really interesting. Well, it wasn't long, and I was called into a meeting with my boss, which, you know, the lead pastor of the church. And in said meeting is this family with a long sheet of paper in their hand. The meeting opened with a, a prayer, which was good because I was really nervous, kind of. And, uh, and I was sitting there uh, looking at the scenario and, and, and going, this can't end well in my mind, right? I'm just going, this is not going to be good. And uh, it started out, with, well, after the prayer the pastor addressed this family and said, why, why are we here? And this family grabbed this long piece of paper and said, well, because we've come up with 27 reasons that Thad should be fired from the youth ministry position at this church. 27, exactly. Like not 28 or 26, it was 27. It was an awesome moment. Have you ever had a moment like that in your job, right? And uh, what was so crazy is that my pastor was like, whoa, you know, and just kind of so supportive. He had really low voice, like God speaking. Anyway, so he's, he was just like, this is silly, you know, and just didn't allow him to list the 27 reasons and just kind of said, this is not what God ever thought his church was supposed to be. And, and there was more said, right? But in that moment, I felt so empowered so supported, so like, in a very tense and awkward moment that could have gone really, really bad, I was not fired for any of the one of the 27 reasons they came up with, and we were able to have a dialogue that we weren't able to have before, mediated by the lead pastor. It was great. It was, it was phenomenal. It was a win. In a very awkward moment. But I felt by the person in authority over me. Empowered. Like I wasn't condemned. Like I, I, I wasn't let go. I wasn't fired. I had an advocate. And that's what God is continuing to say here. In Romans 8. Is, is nothing can come against you. I'm advocating still. I'm, Jesus is at the right hand of God. Pleading your case. Saying you know. That's kind of silly. Chances are, teachers, this year, you'll be accused of something, right? I mean, you work with, you work with kids. Uh, you'll be accused of something. It'll, it'll happen. Or you'll feel accused. Maybe nobody flat out names you on a complaint or something. But you'll feel belittled or undercut, maybe by other teachers, maybe by teams you serve with. Maybe you'll face an angry parent, um, although that probably never happens, right? No teachers have ever heard bad language from a parent, right? Learned words you shouldn't know. Okay, moving on. Um, you will probably be misunderstood when you had incredible intent. It'll, it'll happen. And in all these things, isn't it cool to know that Jesus is pleading to God on your behalf so that that doesn't derail you that that doesn't mess up your call and passion for young people that if anything in that moment when you face opposition it could be one of your you know one of those days for you and you could just go this is why I'm in this like I'm extra supported to be in this role thank you God it could be a little thank you God moment instead of a oh wow moment wow is a good word there right Um, There were other options, but I did not use them. Romans 8 says this in verse 35. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? I mean, this has to be some of the most affirming and encouraging passages of the Bible here in Romans 8, right? It just keeps going. Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for your sake, we will be killed every day. We are being slaughtered like sheep. Verse 37 says this, no, despite all of these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. Because not even death has victory anymore after Jesus overcame the grave and rose from the dead. So thought number two, our circumstances do not define God's love for us. Our circumstances do not change anything about his love for us. Today is a day of remembrance that our country will never forget. September 11th. I was trying to ask my daughter on the way here today, uh, well, you both look alike. Don't point at each other. They're like twins. And I looked at Jenna, and she's like pointing. Jocelyn was in the car with you. You look the same from here. How do I? How do you tell? You parted your hair in the same spot today, and you're okay. Anyway, uh, so uh, you sit there, and you and I was like, "What's nine eleven to you? Talk to me about this." And and they were, and she was like, "Dad, you do this every year, you know." It's so ill. No, I'm just kidding. She didn't do that. Uh, but it, it was just like, you did this every year. It's, it's when, it's, it's, it's 9-11. I was like, yeah, but what is 9-11? And, and just trying to get from 13-year-old perspective, what is 9-11? Because and, and it, it happened two years before she was born. And to hear her, her explain, well, it's when terrorists uh, flew into the Twin Towers and other places, and it changed everything about the way we fly. And you know, just it was kind of interesting to hear her perspective and painful that we even like have to have a day of remembrance like this, right? It's like a sad day, but yet a day when all of a sudden our country stood up and started once again hanging signs up. In God we trust. When people sang God Bless America with conviction at sporting events. When everyone stood during the Star Spangled Banner. I just had to say that out loud. Wow. Okay. I can't believe that's even a deal. Uh, You know, I mean, so it's this day of remembrance where we pay tribute to those who gave their lives. To the firefighters who ran in when everybody else was running out. It's a powerful day and a sad day, and a day that some families, with 15-year-olds now born without a doubt. And uh, so we can't just skip over a day like today, but we also can look at a passage like this and go, "No, even in that moment that God loved those people." He loved the people in the planes. He loved the people in the towers. And he loved the people who missed their flight that day. And he loved the people who got stuck in traffic and were late to work and weren't at the towers that day. He loved everyone that day. But great evil came that day. And left a mark on our country and our world. And I want to, man, we just sang the song that just, and it hit me in light of this day when we sang that God gave me a song in the night. Like, Sometimes it's easy to sing songs and not really consider the depth of the power that are in those lyrics. That God can come and actually show His love in a moment of darkness like that. That He shoulders our burdens. I just want to take a a moment and reflect on what we just read and I'll read it from the, a different translation the NIV it says knowing all these things we are more than conquerors through him Jesus right who loved us victory is ours even in tragedy we're more than conquerors I want, I want to take a moment and, and just pray for those that are still suffering like it's a traumatic experience to remember 9-11 And uh, so let's just just take a moment and and pause for that. So God, we don't need to take a moment of silence because we can call to you and and you can silence our spirit that maybe would be full of anxiety about terrorism or the fears and the evils of this world. We could simply just reach out to you and ask you to come and comfort us we could ask you to come and comfort those countless families, the heroes that ran into those buildings that took down that plane, Pennsylvania, for those at the Pentagon that faced unimaginable terror that day, for those who had to stop the flights, for those who had to answer to the emergency needs following that day, the construction workers who are passing away from who knows what they breathed in still today. God, I pray right now that you would come and spring your love and your comfort and the understanding that they are more than conquerors, even as they meet you through death, that, God, you are faithful and loving for all. May we grasp that today. In Jesus' name, amen. So much in this day, 9-11 kind of hard to imagine we were reading a commentary and it said this when we were studying for this talk it said christ died for me christ was raised from the dead for me and christ is at the all-seeing all-powerful all-ruling right hand of god for me and christ is interceding for me with almighty god that's encouraging that's an encouraging promise for those who choose to follow Jesus. And uh, teachers, what is intimidating you about your assignment this year? <laughs> you know, you might be looking at something and you're just going, man, I was given this responsibility and this is freaking me out. You know what? You're more than conquer. Who are you struggling to work with due to past hurts? You're more than a conqueror. Go into this year with that mindset. When that kid throws up on their desk, go at that pile. You're more than a conqueror. I don't know how you do that. That's just gross. But you own that, Lysol. Whatever you're going to wipe that up with, disinfecting, blah. When that kid gets the bloody nose and the sight of blood makes you want to pass out. Come on, I know someone in the room that's like that. Anyway, uh, you know, don't get lightheaded. You're more than a conqueror, right? Just go at that redness. (laughs) Administrators, when that teacher calls for another meeting. Oh, you're more than a conqueror, right? Right? It's like, come on. You see their number come up on your cell phone? Just say, I'm more than a conqueror. Reach for that Starbucks card in your back pocket. It's one of those days. Here I come, Starbucks. Reload that card, maybe. I'm just saying. That's the reality of the promise we have here. You're more than a conqueror. Don't be defeated by a moment. Trust in the one who's all-powerful and is defending you eternally. That's powerful. Romans eight thirty eight through 39 says, and I am convinced that nothing can separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the power of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in all the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Our final thought today, we are secure in God's love. Nothing can I don't think Paul could have been any more clear, right? In verse 31 through 39, he's like, uh, by the way, nothing, right? He's just going for this. We have to grasp it. We have to catch this. Don't let your worries about tomorrow be an expression of doubt in the security you have in your relationship with God. Don't let it steal your relationship with God. Our doubts cloud our judgment and make us believe things that just are not a reality and we shouldn't be worrying about in the first place. This summer, our five-year-old, Preston, who just started kindergarten yesterday, boo-hoo! Anyway, I'm not making fun of anybody, my wife. Uh, so um, the, I was like, yes, you go to kindergarten. How are you doing, honey? <laughs> Fine. Okay, that's awesome. Don't crash on the way to school. Blurry-eyed. It was awesome. Somebody, you know, you have the tender heart, and I love you. I'm going to owe her money after this talk. Moving on. Uh, anyway, Preston was learning how to swim this summer. Well, he wasn't learning. Preston doesn't really... Like just necessarily learn something. He decides something. Like that's how he did swimming. That's how he did bike riding. He didn't learn how to ride a bike. He just finally said, I choose to ride a bike today. Started pedaling around, jumping up on the curb, and you're like, he is gonna kill himself, right? And and well, he decided to swim this summer in in a day. He didn't ever want to get his face wet before. He didn't want to get his hair wet. He didn't want if you splatter him in the face, it was like You chopped off his arm. He's freaking out. But all of a sudden, he's just like, it's fun to go underwater. And you're like, whoa. And after that, it was one, two, three, go. Down. Whoa. Pushes himself up, and you grab him before he dies. And then one, two, three, go. He's underwater. Well, then he mixed the underwater experience with a little bit of, like, swim-like motion because he really didn't learn how to swim. And so he's pretty good. You You could... He'll go to you halfway across the pool, and you could take some steps back and get him to make it all the way across, fearing for his life, right? And so it's pretty sweet to see he's, he's increased his confidence. He doesn't want to wear a life jacket in the pool and all that. But we tried to do something that is a move that is hard for a lot of people, the back float. Why is that so tough, right? Because, like, the rule is, you know, if your ears are underwater, you can't sink, it's, it's pretty simple, but as much as you tell him that, he's not going to believe that. You get me looking up at the sky and and you know, so he's like, "Sure, I'll try to back float," and and I'm like right there holding his butt and his shoulder, you know, like and, and you're just like, he's not going to sink, but he's as tense as a brick, you know, and you're just like, "Relax, relax." He's like, "Okay, I'm relaxed." <gasps> And he gets all stiff, and you're like, no, no, like you can still breathe and back float. He's like, okay. <gasps> and he's like, watch me, Dad, I'm going to do it. <gasps> and he sinks. And you're like, no, you know, and he sinks in, no. and no. So he just doesn't trust that he can float, nor does he understand that if he'll just give it a try, if he'll just give a go of it, my hands are like a half inch underneath him. I'm going to catch him if he sinks. I'm going to be there if he falls. And in the light of this reality that we're secure in God's love, I think we need to grasp something about the heart of God for our lives. Is he's there. Like where maybe we should take a risk. Like maybe you feel, teachers, maybe you feel that you've had an idea about something you would want to do, but you just haven't quite had the courage to go there, have that one, two, three, go mindset because God is holding you securely and giving you the courage to try to develop a website that can help your kids grow and understand and their parents interact with their children or go back to education. I'm looking at some of the stories I know here or take a lead principal role versus an assistant principal role and just own that or take on a new responsibility. I think of some of the things that you've been challenged to take on, realize God's there. And you might feel like, man, if I, how can I relax in this new adventure? Hey, he's like a half inch away from you. If you start to sink, guess what you're going to feel? Very secure presence of God in your life. But what's interesting enough is you don't, he's got to let you float. He's got to give you the chance to float on your own, right? And so maybe you would sit there and go, man, I chose this adventure and I'm just not sensing God's security and his presence with me right now. Hey, He's just a half inch away. I want you to grasp that this year. Maybe you face a moment where you're like, are you there, God? Oh, yeah, that's right. He's got to let me try to float. He's there. He's there. It can't be any more clear right here. So it's time to dream. It's time to take a risk. It's time to stretch beyond your security and strength and trust that God will not leave you. His love, you're secure in it. <laughs> like that, by choosing to follow Jesus, life difference. So I want to pray for you today. Your action point today is seek to understand how much God loves you. Now, for some of you, that, that's like, okay, well, I guess... I'm, I'm not really aware of that. This. this is new information to me. I came today with family, or I was invited today, and, and, and it's good to hear that God loves me, but I, wow, I got to learn about this. You can do that. You could begin to, to grow in an understanding of how much God loves you and, and begin to maybe open a Bible or come back and, 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 and hear God's heart for your life week in, week out, day in, day out start a Bible reading plan on a version Bible app or something. But we need to start to discover how much God loves us. He's got promises, every single one of us. Brent talked about it on the video. Another way for us to unpack God's love for us is to talk about it because each of us are experiencing it at a very unique angle. So one of the cool things about the fall here is we have group sign-ups, and I have to apologize. I don't even think paper, like physical pieces of paper, like actually killing trees. So I didn't print out paper for people to sign up on today for groups. I just got to confess, I opened up a computer back there. So if you don't know how to work a computer, well, somebody will be back there to help you. But anyway, you can you sign up for groups on your app or whatever, uh, or on that physical computer in the back. Um But join a group, because if you have the opportunity to sit around a group of people who want to grow in relationship with each other, but grow in a relationship with God at the same time, you can unpack some of God's love for you, because you're all going through different struggles, but yet our struggles are aligned. And it can be mutually encouraging whether you're just trying to walk more steps with a Fitbit group or you're in financial transition in your life and you're in a financial peace university group uh, or or you're just trying to get to know more people in one of the dinner groups or something, I just get involved and watch what God can unpack about his love in that. Maybe you're trying to figure out if church is for you, period, and so you jump into like an Open Life 101 or 201, which we'll be talking more about in the future, but all that's available to you to take the next step in God's love. So I want to take the time to pray for you. Educators, coaches, if you work for a school district, remember that the connect table is this bank we want to make available to you. So let me pray for you first though. God, I thank you that we had the opportunity to honor teachers and and employees of school districts today and be able to build them up and honor them because what they do for the next generation is amazing and their presence there is so powerful, especially when they know you and can be your presence in the life of a young child who maybe doesn't get much love or affirmation on a nightly or weekend basis. They're your hands extended. You love it when people grow and when we treat Young people, with your heart, you challenge us to do that in your word. God, I pray as well for those that just are wrestling with your love. Maybe something happened to them, like those at 9-11, and they, they, they see that, man, you just weren't fair, and they're not too happy with you. God, I pray you could break through that and help them understand. Evil does still happen to great people, but that does not mean your love is forsaken. Your love doesn't change for us. We just have to change the way we experience it. God, some, I pray in here today would choose to follow you, that this introduction to Jesus would be the moment they would say, okay, I'm going I'm to keep on keeping on. I'm going to begin to learn about Jesus. And God, I want to discover more about your love for me and, and the impact it can make in my family and my friends' lives. God, that's my desire for everyone in here, to grow in relationship with you. We thank you for the opportunity to open these encouraging words and to encourage each other in you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.